right, thank you so much. Thank you, choir, and thank you, praise team, and all of you for worshiping this morning. Uh, it's been, uh, had a good time. I hope you have. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we want to look at verses 1 through 4. Ephesians chapter 6. This morning I want to share a sermon that I've entitled, Dad, Look Behind You. Dad, look behind you. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I'll wait till you find it. It's on the screen, but I'm glad you brought your Bibles. And always, uh, don't depend on the screen. Something may happen, and it has before, and uh, we'll lose power, and, but you'll have the Word, and so just keep, continue to bring your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 1 through 4. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, used to, my mother and father would tell me to do something. And I'd say, well, why? I'm sure you never did that, but I always wanted to know why. And, uh, and this is what they'd say, because it's right. And that's biblical. That's what the scripture says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Only commandment with a promise is children, obey your father and mother that you may live a long life on this earth. A lot of lives have been cut short because children have failed to obey mama and dad. Verse 3, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth, in verse 4, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had to come together today to worship you. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us the health to be here. And Father, I thank you for your word. I know your word is true, and I know that it is, it, as it's proclaimed, it won't return void. I know your word will speak to hearts today, and I thank you for that. And Lord, help us not just to be hearers, but help us to be doers of your word. Take what we've learned, what we learned today, and apply it to our lives. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. May we have open minds, open hearts, Lord, to receive your word, be willing to be obedient to your word, and Father, at the appropriate time, respond to your word. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. May you be honored and glorified in it all. And in Jesus' name, I make this prayer. Amen. Dad, look behind you. This morning, I've, I've borrowed my sermon title from a true story that was shared from Dr. W.A. Criswell. Dr. Criswell was pastor at First Baptist Church Dallas for 50 years, from 1944 to 1994. He's one of my mentors. I've heard him preach on a number of occasions. I have a Criswell study Bible. Those are out of print now. Dr. Criswell died in 19, I believe, 1995. And so I uh, had him to autograph some books uh, that he had written. And so he's, he was a very special person to me, and I learned a lot from him. 
And so he shared this illustration that happened at First Baptist Church, Dallas. He told of an incident that happened many years ago there at First Baptist Church, Dallas. There was a physician in the church who would come to church, who came to the church one day, came to, the, uh, to Dr. Criswell's office and, and uh, asked him to pray for his wayward son. His son was in the world and he was concerned about spiritual matters of the son's life and he asked Dr. Criswell if he would pray for him. He asked him if he'd pray for his son to be saved and that he would turn his life over to the Lord. And Dr. Criswell said to this physician, he said, Sir, sir, give your life in a new way to Christ. Give your life in a new way in your attendance. Give your life in a new way in your service. Give your life to, in a new way to the devotion to your Lord. You do that. Then you walk down in front, and you walk in front of that boy through the rest of your life, allowing Christ to leave you and showing the love of Jesus to that boy. And I'll pray for you, but let's just see what God does. And so several Sundays went by, and then one Sunday morning, the physician came down the aisle to, to re-give, to rededicate his life to his blessed Savior. And unknown to the Father, in that service, his son came to church that particular day and had listened to that same message. And as that boy watched his father... He too stepped into the aisle and he came down the front. And when the physician said to the pastor, he said, Pastor, this day I regive and I rededicate my life to Christ. Now will you pray for my boy? And the pastor said, Doctor, turn around and look behind you. And he turned around and he saw standing behind him his boy, his son. And so the title of my sermon this morning is, Dad, Look Behind You, Look Behind You. I'd say to all the fathers here this morning, turn around and look behind you. See what God's doing with your life and the testimony that you have with your children in your home. Dad, look behind you. So first of all, Dad, look behind you. Look at your church. Look behind you and look at your church. We're taking notes, point number one. Look behind you. Look at your church. Now, the church is not, church is not made up of stained glass windows. It's not just a building. The church is you. The church is you. The church is you and your family. The church is you and your, your house. The church is you and your home. The church is you and your children. So the point is, the church is you. You make up the church. And so if the church is great, if the church is strong, if the church is weak, if the church is feeble, whatever the church is, it depends on your devotion to the church. Never forget that. I read an illustration. It was entitled, The Layman's Task. And this poem was by Edgar Guest. Listen to it. It really spoke to me, and I hope that it will speak to you. I thank God for our laymen, the men of our church. 
Yesterday we had a work day. We had several men to come and take part and work and getting things ready for our homecoming next week. And, and even this past week, a couple of days, we had some guys to come over and do a lot of weed eating and grass cutting. And, and some young boys came along and worked hard too. And so I thank the Lord for the layman of our church. So listen to this, if you will, The Layman's Task by Edgar Guest. Leave it to the ministers and soon the church will die. Leave it to the women folk and the young will pass it by. For the church is all that lifts us from the coarse and the selfish mob. But the church that is to prosper needs a layman on the job. Now a layman has his business and a layman has his joys. But he also has the rearing of little girls and boys. And I wonder how he'd like it if there were no churches here and he had to raise his children in a godless atmosphere. So when you see a church that's empty, though its doors are open wide, it's not that the church that's dying, it's the laymen who have died. For it's not by song or sermon that the church's work is done, it's the laymen of the country who for God must carry on. Men, you're important to your church. So stop, look around, look behind you, look at your church. J.L. Kraft, who founded the cheese company, Kraft Cheese, he said this. He said, I'd rather be a layman in the North Shore Baptist Church of Chicago than to be the head of the greatest corporation in America. Men, you're important to the church. So just stop and look back. Look back at your church. So, Dad, look at your church and ask yourself, first of all, am I faithful? If you're taking notes, uh, am I faithful in attendance? Are you faithful in attendance? Hebrews 10, 25 says this, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much as you see the day approaching. And what God's Word is saying, God's Word says that the closer we get to the Lord coming for His church, the rapture, that we need to attend more. We need to meet more. We should be meeting more to exhort one another. That means to encourage. We need to meet to encourage one another and exhort one another as closer as we get to the day that the Lord's coming back. So let me encourage you, every dad here this morning, be faithful in your attendance to all services of the church. Hebrews 10, 25 is just not for a select few. He gives warning there. He says, as the manner of some, don't neglect the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some. Some are missing the assembly. You shouldn't do that, Paul is saying. But you should meet more as you see the day approaching. So let me encourage every dad here this morning, be faithful in, to, in, in attendance to all services. Whatever goes on at the church, you need to be here. You need to be here. Every dad who fails to be active in services, the, uh, the, regardless how, how, what time it is, if, you know, I know people have to work and all that, but if it's at all possible, be active in the services of the church. And especially when your children are small, you need to be active in all services of the church. You'll never regret that if you'll be active when your children are small. And it'll really pay off as they get older. 
be active in service. It's easier to kind of bend and shape a small oak sapling than to wait until it grows and gets taller and taller and larger and larger and, and a stronger tree. So you need to be active in church. Bring your children. Let them be active in church. You'll never regret that. So fathers, look back. Are you faithful in church? You know, children love to go to church. So excited during Bible school time. They get so excited. They want to hear the spiritual truths. They want to hear Bible stories. They get so excited about church. They get excited about Sunday school. Children be in Sunday school today if the parents would come to Sunday school. I firmly believe that. Maynard Lewis, some time back, he let me borrow a stack of his father's writings. His dad was a Baptist preacher. And he let me borrow a stack of his writings just to go through his writings. His great writer had sermons in there and he had poems and illustrations. And as I flipped through that and looked through that folder of material, I found tucked away just a little diamond. little diamond, several diamonds, but this one particular diamond really spoke to me. And, and it was a little poem, and the title of it is Daddy Won't Go. Daddy Won't Go. Daddy had a little boy. His soul was white as snow. He never went to Sunday school because Daddy wouldn't go. He never heard the word of God that thrills the childish mind. While other children went to class, this child was left behind. As he grew from babe to youth, Dad saw to his dismay a soul that was once snowy white became a dingy gray. Realizing that his son was lost, Dad tried to win him back, but now the soul that once was snowy white had turned an ugly black. Dad even started back to church and, and Bible study too. He begged the preacher, Isn't there anything that you can do? The preacher tried and failed and he said, We're just far behind. I tried to tell you years ago, but you wouldn't pay me any mind. And so another soul was lost, that one that was white as snow. Sunday school would have helped, but Daddy wouldn't go. You need to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. And that scripture is not just for some people, but it's for everyone, all believers, especially for dads. Dad, look behind you. Look at your church. Are you faithful in attendance? Are you faithful in attendance to Sunday school? Are you faithful in attendance to discipleship training on Sunday night? Let me encourage you to come on Sunday night. Let the Lord's day be the Lord's day. That's not your day. It's not my day. It's His day. It's dedicated to Him. And so we're to use that day in learning about God, worshiping God, teaching our children about God. It's His day. So are you faithful in attendance, Bible fellowship, discipleship training? Are you faithful in worship? Well, you're here this morning. Would you bring your Bible? Do you take part in the singing and the worship service? Do you take notes? Many of you take notes. We have little sheets of paper out there, things to jot down, and then how to apply that to your life. Do you take notes? Do you discuss the sermon going home, or do you discuss the sermon sometime during the week? Not necessarily the preacher, but do you discuss the sermon, the text, and what it was about, and how you can apply that to your life? Do you apply what you 
hear or what you heard that day. Do you apply that to your life sometime during the week? So look at your church. Are you faithful in worship? Number three, are you faithful in your giving? Are you faithful in your giving? It was my father who taught me how to tithe. I'd cut grass around Rockwood, and, and I never got over, I guess my largest yard I got was $2, and that was a pretty big yard, and I'd push more, and, and so I caught, cut grass, and so Dad said, hey, 10% of whatever you made this week goes to the Lord. We give that to the church, and we carry on the ministries at the church. He taught me about tithing. Tithing really is a lost discipline for Christians. Very few Christians tithe now. Very few. You see, um, I, I notice Christians are real quick to, to respond to certain Scripture verses. I mean, they can respond to verses about heaven and hell and Scripture about forgiveness and Scripture about sanctification and, and societal sins, and they'll share Scripture about eternal security. But very few quote about how God expects them to give back what belongs to Him. Very few will quote Ma Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Would you listen to that just for a moment? Malachi 3, verse 8 through, 9, uh, through 10. Verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Well, you've robbed me, but you say, In what way have we robbed you? In your tithes and offerings. Then he says this in verse 9, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And then he says, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me. Now this, test me, is what he's saying, says the Lord of hosts. And if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. God says, listen, you've robbed me. You've robbed me. How have we robbed you, God? Through your tithes and offerings. If you'll test me and if you'll try me and if you'll just give me what I require of you, I'll open the windows of heaven and bless you in such a way that you're not able to to receive it. So it's obvious today that parents are not teaching their children biblical stewardship because they're not practicing biblical stewardship. And because of that, the church suffers. It suffers in local missions and North American missions and international missions and, and all the ministers of our church suffers. Our budget suffers because we rob God. So the question is, Dad, as a spiritual leader, would you today be willing to take God at his word in Matthew chapter 3, verse 10, and bring his tithes to the storehouse on Sunday morning and worship him through, through your giving back to him what already belongs to him and see what God will do for you in your life? So as you look, look behind you at your church. Are you faithful in your attendance, your worship, your giving? What about your serving? Are your children seeing you serve in the church? As a child, I was, I was blessed to have a father that was a committed Christian, and he committed himself to serve in the church. He was a Sunday school director. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was an assistant pianist. He filled in the pulpit when the preacher could not be there. He was an usher. He just loved serving the church, and he taught me, you need to serve the church. 
And he would end his prayer, and you've heard me reference this, by saying, Lord, help us to serve you by serving our fellow man. So he spent his life serving God by serving other people. So the question is, what have you done for God this week? How have you served God this week? Did you give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name? Did you witness to a friend or a neighbor or to a stranger? Did you minister to a new neighbor? Did you minister to a sick neighbor? Did you help someone get their oughts out of a ditch? What have you done to help and to serve the Lord this past week? What are you planning to do? Now's a good time to start. Today would be a good day to start serving the Lord in some way. Listen to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, one verse, verse 45. Jot this down. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Jot this down. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul? and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I've commanded you today, for this is good. And so we're expected to, we're expected to, to serve the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with your, whole, with your heart, for consider what great things that he's done for you. You should serve him just because what he's done for you. So, Dad, look behind you. Are you faithful in your service? So, God, you know, may, may, you may not be gifted to teach. You may not have the spiritual gift of those communication gifts, but He's gifted you to serve by your spiritual gifts and also by your natural abilities. So, Dad, look behind you at your service. Dad, look behind you. Look at your, look at your church. But then, look at your home. Now, on the... The slide, it says, look at your name, and we'll talk about that at another time. But look at your home. That's a typo on my part. Look at your home. You know, the average American home today is as worldly as anyone could expect a home to be. And that's counting Christians. We live in an undisciplined, uh, undisciplined society. I mean, the reason is because there's no discipline in the home. None whatsoever. And our number one crisis in America today, not surprise you, the number one crisis is fatherless homes. Dads not being in a home. Or dads that are in the home won't discipline their children. But when Christ comes into the home, it makes a difference. If you're a Christian father, it makes a difference in your home. All of a sudden, darkness becomes light. The sadness becomes bright. It brings life. It brings hope. It brings light, it brings laughter, it brings gladness, brings rejoicing in the home when dad becomes a Christian in that home. So dad, look behind you, look at your church, look behind you, look at your home. And dad, look behind you and look at your, look at your little boy, look at your girl, look at your children, look at what God has given you. Just think what God has given you by giving you his, your children. If you haven't done so already, it's kind of time to 
to, to get your act together as a, a father who confesses Christ to get things right in your home. Genesis chapter 5. Turn there, if you will. Genesis chapter 5. And look at verse uh, 21 and 22. I thought this was interesting. Genesis 5, verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years. Short life, really. 65 years, and he begot Methuselah. Methuselah, his dad lived 65 years. Methuselah was the oldest man in the Bible. How old did he live? Somebody, you remember? 960 years? 960 years old. His dad lived 65 years. But look at verse 22. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. See that? He was 65 years old. That's when he begot Methuselah. And then, after he begot Methuselah, what did he do? He walked with God. He walked with God. Did you get that? It says that he walked with God after his son was born. Now, I don't know what Enoch did before, but it says after the Lord had laid in his arms a special bundle of created life, he began to walk with God. He saw how important that child was. And he began to walk with God. So the point is, what a difference it makes when a child is placed in your arms altogether. And that's the way it ought to be. That's the admonition of the Lord in Ephesians 6, verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That simply means that I'm to walk before them in the presence of, of the Savior. In other words, I'm to, I'm to bring them up in the church. I'm to teach them the way of salvation. I'm to guide them in the teachings of the Scripture. I'm to be a, a, an example to them that they would want to follow the Lord. And so that's what it means to bring them up in the admonition and the training of the Lord. So this morning as we close, look at your church. Are you faithful in your attendance, your worship, your giving, your service? Look at your home. Look at your little boy. Look at your little girl. Look at your children. Enoch walked with God after his son was born. And so are there any worldly habits that you need to lay down that will bring negative consequences to your children, to your family? Whether it be drinking, whether it's smoking, whether it's cursing, whether it's chewing. Anything you need to lay down. Are there some things you need to pick up? Maybe your Bible, maybe prayer time, Bible study time, devotional time. Uh, praying at a meal time, things that you can pick up that will bring positive consequences to your children. We have to be careful being the spiritual leader of our home. I'm going to close with a prayer that uh, it's called the Father's Prayer, and it's uh, the writer's anonymous. But listen to the words of this, and dear God. My little boy of three has said his nightly prayer to thee. And before his eyes were closed in sleep, he asked that his soul would keep. That thou his soul would keep. And I'm still kneeling at his bed, my hand upon his tousled head. Do ask with deep humility that thou, dear Lord, remember me. Make me, kind Lord, a worthy dad, that I may lead this little lad 
in pathways ever fair and bright, that I may keep his step aright. O God, his trust must never be destroyed or ever marred by me. So for the simple things he prayed, will childish voice so unafraid. I I trembling ask the same for thee. Dear Lord, kind Lord, remember me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had just to to look at um, Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4, and especially 4. I thank you for the fathers that are here today. I thank you for witnessing the baptism this morning between, between a father and a son. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in that home since hearts are made right with you. And I lift up every dad here today. Some of us have grown children. And Lord, um, some children may be wayward this morning. It's like the minister who uh, came to Dr. Criswell. And first of all, Lord, we've got to get things right in our life if we expect our children to be any different. And so I pray on this Father's Day today God, that you've spoken to hearts and you've shown us as dads, as men, as laymen, that we need to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Help us to just stop and look back behind us. Because we do have, we do have those looking at us for whatever we know may be following us. May we be the dad we need to be. May we be the father we need to be. May we be the husband we need to be. And I know a lot today a lot of, a lot of uh, grandparents are helping raise their grandchildren. And so, Father, help us, we pray. If that be the case, I pray for those that they would be willing to lead them in, in an upright way, Father, as you have asked us to in Ephesians 6, verse 4. And Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in this service this morning as commitments are made and Perhaps a dad here today has never trusted you, that today he would come and step out. He would come and rededicate, that he would come first of all to accept you as Lord and Savior of his life. Be saved today. Maybe there's some here who've already been saved, but they've been slack in their, in their service, their attendance, their service. Whatever the, it may be, I pray today would be a time of renewal in their life to you. Thank you for what you're going to do on this special day, on this Father's Day today. And we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.